Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Hired Geek Podcast. This is episode number 14 with Ricky Minky, uh, somebody who is a perfect fit for this podcast, another great higher ed professional um, with a flair for the uh, geeky and nerdy, uh, which I always appreciate. So I really appreciated having uh, Ricky on. He's just a really cool, thoughtful guy, really dedicated to this work, really takes it seriously. Um, and just appreciate his uh, his point of view and all the great things that he shared. Uh, so we'll include everything that we talked about in the show notes that you can check out. And uh, appreciate that his institution, Wentworth, uh, up there in Boston that recently had a Geek Week, uh, which I've highlighted a few that have happened in the past at a few different institutions on my website in the resources tab. So if you're curious to check out a few other examples, and I'll link out to some tweets from Wentworth's Geek Week that they had uh, this past fall. Uh, and then on my resources page on the website, there's also some other uh, Geek Weeks there. So it certainly helps to have the, kind of that inspiration uh, and encourage folks to uh, start their own Geek Weeks to, to celebrate just being uh, unabashedly <laughs> enthusiastic about the things that we love. Uh, so, uh, yeah, with all of that and without further ado, after this brief message from our sponsor, this is episode number 14 with Ricky Minky. Hey there, listeners. It's an honor to have our good friends at SwiftKick be a sponsor of the podcast because I've seen their work firsthand and it's truly unlike any student leadership training I've experienced. They've been voted best student leadership program unprecedented five times, so you know they must be doing something right. As a bonus for our listeners, SwiftKick is giving a $500 discount off their normal speaking fee if you mention Higher Ed Geek when you contact them. I highly recommend their trainings for your campus as your students will be talking about it for months afterwards. It's really great stuff. Check them out at swiftkickhq.com to learn more and let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. Yeah, winter break was good. It was a good uh, kind of relaxing, uh, chill time. Um, I guess pun intended. Uh, but uh, uh, so, yeah, like we thought we were going to do more, but and it's a... Uh, I guess not really a long story, but we adopted a dog from Aww. our local shelter in October and unbeknownst to us, she was pregnant. And oh. so we started dealing with that like in November and she uh, gave birth then like at the end of the month of November. So we've been kind of fostering those puppies, getting them ready for adoption. So that wow. did kind of change our holiday plans. We certainly made the most of it uh, and it's been, you know, nice and frustrating at the same time dealing with a bunch right. of puppies and kind of <laughs> managing that but you know uh, we're at least grateful Definitely got your it. money's worth of that dog purchase right there though <laughs> right <laughs> right like a you know buy one get economically one kind of, it was a right. great purchase yeah <laughs> uh yeah, exactly it's a good it's a good way to look at it yeah um yeah. but uh so yeah we're at least you know grateful we can get these puppies off to a good start and that our dog is nice. you know healthy and stuff and um so yeah, it's just been an interesting journey. We did have other other plans of what we were going to do over winter break, but at the very least, we were able just to sleep in, get quality time. I caught up on you know some shows and reading and just uh, gaming and those sort of things. So um, yeah, I can't complain. But uh, yeah, did you get up to anything uh, interesting over your winter break? Yeah, so I uh, I traveled to up in so I traveled back down to uh, like New Jersey, New York, where uh, my family's from. Uh, so I just kind of spent it down there with them and. Uh, it was nice, more so relaxing. Uh, I was able to catch up with just, uh, I had to do a lot of like, I guess, technology uh, for my family, you know, setting up their fire sticks or, you know, whatever, you know, things like that, right? right removing yeah. pictures from phones and putting it onto the computer in an in a organized file or something, you know. So uh, just did a lot of that, just helping out the family, kind of get acquainted since uh, my parents just moved up to New Jersey. Um, and so I just kind of helped out there and just relaxed for the most part. Uh, which was nice. Uh, so it felt like a long time, which is, uh, I guess, a good thing. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, when I get one part of uh, New Jersey, because I went to grad school uh, at Rutgers in New Brunswick, so I'm like vaguely oh, familiar nice. with the the state my wife is from there. So like her family's all over the place. Yeah. And so um, my brother just moved a little, he moved to uh, Wayne, New Jersey. It's like straight up the suburbs, mm -hmm. uh, pure burbs. And then um, my parents, they live in Clifton, New Jersey. So like around Tri-State area, Passaic, all that stuff, Hoboken, kind of that area. Yeah. Um, and so that's where they're at, kind of like still that Tri-State area so we could get into New York uh, since a lot of our family still lives over there too. Uh, so, yeah, kind of kind of the Tri-State uh, side of it. Yeah, 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 it's a good area. Um, cool. Well, uh, yeah, we'll get more into kind of your background and everything here as we uh, get started. 
yeah, I mean, if you wanted to start off the episode, uh, just give the introduction of yourself, kind of the, you know, the Cliff Notes version of you know, how you got to be where you are today in your professional journey. Yeah. Uh, so how's it going, everyone? My name is uh, Ricky Meinke. Uh, I serve as the, uh, currently I serve as the Assistant Director for the Center for Diversity and Social Justice Programs uh, at Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston. And so kind of how I, I got here was, I think, first for many, uh, first discovering student affairs is, uh, is an actual thing. Uh, job that we could kind of pursue. And so that was at Florida State University where I was in my undergrad. And I think I kind of discovered student affairs just through some of my various positions within student activities and, and also orientation. Uh, I did orientation leader for uh, two years and it was just a great experience and, and just kind of love being able to help shape new incoming students' experiences uh, because I felt uh, I had a lot of mentors that looked out for me and did the same for me. So uh, I really enjoyed kind of giving back to the incoming classes and just campus. Uh, and I, I saw that uh, doing this professionally would be a, a really fun gig. And so uh, I started looking at grad schools. Um, and I, I think within that search, I also wanted to challenge myself of uh, just kind of environment of which I was in. Uh, Florida is in the South. It, it has a lot of Southern elements, uh, but it's still very uh, much like the Northeast. Uh, a lot of people from New York, you know, New Jersey, a lot of people you know, escaping the winter and things like that. And so I, I truly wanted to go to a place that was more deep into the South, right? Seeing more Southern culture. Uh, and so that's where I saw Louisiana State University as being a, a choice to do so. Uh, a, a new program, but very based in social justice and, and also very flexible. Uh, and so I was able to obtain a, an assistantship uh, at LSU within their transfer student programs under first year experience. I really enjoyed working with our transfer students when I was at Florida State University and kind of looking at the transfer experience. And so I felt this role would be uh, an easy way to kind of dive into that, that part, which at the time I felt, you know, this was maybe about four or five years ago now, um, that I felt maybe uh, transfer students weren't really being looked out for as much as we, we, we should. Uh, and so I used that position to really look at the transfer experience. Uh, and it was a great time. I was able to start new programs. Uh, I was lucky to work in an office of just two people. Um, and so that kind of provided a lot of autonomy and just, you know, whenever I came up with some ideas or, you know, in these brainstorming sessions, it was things we were able to do because we didn't really have that built up structure uh, within our office. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that assistantship uh, got canceled as they, they canceled all assistantships within our first year experience office. Uh, I think Louisiana State University is a, is a good school, but uh, I think the environment as in Louisiana is, makes it very challenging for higher education. Uh, they're still going through a lot of budget crisis right now uh, with, with university funding as it being the, the flagship state school. Uh, and so Louisiana is in a, a very tough and challenging spot. And so that trickled down to a lot of offices uh, in terms of making kind of those fiscal decisions. And so uh, I was kind of the last graduate out of that office. Um, and so that kind of gave me a search. I actually went on for maybe about two, three months uh, not having an assistantship uh, for the next upcoming year. And uh, looking back, I'm thankful for that experience because I think it, it prepared me for what the job search was going to be like. So the job search was a little less stressful. Uh, but I was able to spend that time up here in Boston. Uh, I, I had my UMass in, uh, assistantship uh, with NOTA, and, and that was a great time. That really introduced me to the city of Boston uh, and just living in a city uh, in itself. Uh, I kind of spent my time in a lot of small college towns, so living in a city was an amazing time, and uh, it really uh, showed me uh, kind of that lifestyle outside of work. Uh, I think sometimes in small college towns when the kind of the university dominates uh, the scene, uh, we kind of get wrapped up in our job, and, and that becomes not just a nine-to-five, but kind of a 24-7 ordeal sometimes, and so I saw the work-life balance was a little more challenging in those uh, areas, and so coming up to a city was great because I saw just the, the abundance of things uh, that were happening outside of work and outside of just the university setting, uh, and I loved it. And so um, I, I set my eyes on kind of living in a big city uh, when it came to the job search, uh, and lucky enough, uh, I was able to obtain a position within kind of diversity work uh, with the Center for Diversity up here in Boston. So that was nice. It complemented, as I said before, I lost my assistantship. I was able to get a second assistantship with an African-American cultural center at LSU. Um, and that being kind of uh, my first position in multicultural affairs, it, it really opened me up to the, the field of multicultural affairs and diversity work uh, and showed that that's where my passions really lied. Uh, and so I knew uh, after kind of expending just one year there uh, that that's where I wanted my job search to be. And so I was uh, fortunate enough to have 
uh, you know, be able to get back up to Boston and kind of remain in the field of multicultural affairs. And, and that's where I am today uh, at Wentworth. Uh, you know, we're a brand new center here. We've been open for about maybe one, two years. Uh, my role and my, my supervisor's role as the director are we're the, the first in these positions. And so uh, it's been a good experience of just being able to come into a brand new center and kind of create that culture and create those new programs. Uh, and also maybe challenge a lot of areas of campus where diversity uh, wasn't maybe the focus of a conversation or, or an initiative before. So it's been a, a good time here so far. Um, yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a moment here, but I guess just circling back to your, your uh, higher ed origin story. Um, so, you know, in your college experience, obviously, like you said, that's kind of where you got turned on to you know, working in higher education, student affairs and everything. So I guess anything like that you can think of skill wise or, you know, just your philosophy or mentors, connections or anything like what, what do you feel like your college experience gave you personally and or professionally that you kind of have carried on with you now into your professional career? Exactly. So I think uh, originally when I started off, I viewed student affairs as really a customer space kind of field, right? I mean, just looking at it through the lens of orientation, a lot of it was customer service uh, and just being able to provide, you know, families, parents, and students just uh, one of the best experience possible. Uh, and so I think that's where I look through the lens of, of creating these moments for students that really um, just benefited their experience. Um, I had, you know, the, I call it like my single moment of, you know, coming into college, going to a, a step show uh, with our National Panhellenic Council and seeing a, a white member perform uh, and, and really be a part of a community, be a part of an organization uh, whose identity uh, was not his own. Uh, and that really opened up my eyes to just the, the plethora of experiences I could have at Florida State University and how much I could learn. And I think that is what I started off with my student affairs kind of mentality is that I want to provide these moments for students, uh, whether it's myself or events or you know, things I, I help with and support on campus uh, that really change their entire lives uh, at a university. And I think that's what, you know, kind of started me uh, within the field. You know, I wanted to make sure students had great experiences. I wanted to make sure I was, you know, a happy professional. But, you know, kind of as I developed my, my more professional lens, uh, I saw that's not always the, the case. Uh, I think a lot of times uh, I always saw learning outcomes and things of that nature from good experiences, right? Uh, you know, I never really thought I would hold students accountable, right, or challenge them or, you know, maybe sanction them, right? And, and see that side of student affairs as a possibility for learning outcomes for our students. And so, you know, I think rainbows and butterflies was my, my lens before with student affairs, but seeing, you know, that's not always the best outcome for students. Uh, you know, sometimes their best experiences come from some of their, their biggest challenges. And maybe sometimes I need to provide that challenge or uh, help facilitate them through their, their most challenging times. Um, you know, I, I never would think of a dean of students position being more, um, that critical, you know, only experiencing those 10% of student issues on campus, right? I, I saw, you know, the dean of students position is something I wanted to become, right? Oh man, I would love kind of, you know, being a dean of students. But now mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeing my role uh, really changing and, and seeing, you know, do I want to move up within the professional realm and, and maybe lose more student contact? Or, you know, do I want to stay in my position now? Or, you know, can I do more work of higher ed uh, in the same regard? Do I want to look at more community-based versus just our singular school. And so I think my, my professional lens is broadened now uh, to see a little more holistic experience. I'm no longer that, you know, I'm still providing hopefully some good customer service for my students, but uh, I'm seeing just how much more uh, of a challenge it is to help students, uh, you know, making sure they're not just happy, but they're just prepared uh, for the workforce, uh, prepared, you know, for life after graduation and things like that, you know. I could give them a great experience while they're here at college, but if they graduate without, you know, a job or that next move for them, uh, you know, think in the end of the day I failed them, uh, even if I gave them a great time at their university. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that is my, my next step is is not just focusing while they're here at college, but making sure I'm preparing them for life after college as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all good stuff. And yeah, I, I know I uh, dabbled with sort of like conduct and you know sort of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that sort of stuff in, in grad school and I knew like that's not for me like I don't see myself ever doing that like as a full-time job but it helped me yeah, right. recognize the importance of it it's important just as humans to kind of know that our behaviors have impacts on other people and sort of where those barriers are and kind of um, yeah just knowing that there's consequences and stuff for our actions and stuff and having those learning moments where yeah it's you know you're not trying to be punitive it's you know educational moment and 
Um, yes. Yeah, but the, yeah, it certainly is a lot of that of just like if somebody is kind of in their bubble of their functional area, not really broadening their perspective, they can certainly lose out a lot on what a uh, kind of a robust college experience is for a student because they're going to touch a lot of offices and a lot of different areas and things. Right. So like their um, yeah, their experience is going to be a lot more complex. Uh, so yeah, very cool stuff. And I guess yeah, that brings us you know to where you are now again. Um, right. So. Yeah, it's really interesting. You're really kind of shepherding and kind of trailblazing here at your institution. So, like, you know, yeah, trying with, to, <laughs> yeah, like, I guess with that, like, what what do you enjoy most? And I guess what are some of those difficulties? Maybe just to obviously highlight something very unique that I'm sure there are really good things and maybe some stuff that is a bit more difficult that you have to work through. So, I guess like, sure. yeah, maybe both sides of sure. the coin there. Yeah. So, I think uh, you know one of the, the things I really enjoyed about my new role is just the first the autonomy. I'm lucky to have a supervisor who's given me some some good autonomy within my work, but just kind of that opportunity to create um, just newness. We we were a brand new center, so that means all of our programs, all of our initiatives are, are brand new. We did have some previous programs that trickled into our office, um, uh, like we're, we're going on a social justice retreat uh, today, uh, later today, and so you know those are things that were carried down to us, but. Really, the expectation was in our court. We we weren't having uh, any expectations given. I mean, our, our deans and whatnot, our supervisors, um, you know, wanted to make sure we were successful in, in doing things. But in terms of how that exactly looked, uh, we weren't really given any blueprint. And so we are created that blueprint for our, our our students. And it's been a phenomenal time from the programs from say our affinity months. Uh, you know, Black History Month is coming up, Women's History Month right after that. You know, Ramadan and and kind of these these events that we could we we kind of have somewhat of a blueprint for, but you know we've we've started initiatives like our, our women's council that's starting up, our men of color initiative. Um, we've we've started you know things that I think involve this podcast. We've we've done a geek week, right? And so mm. we've really introduced the the narrative of diversity into so many new areas of campus that uh, I don't think you know we're we're there somewhat before, but now we have you know individuals that are advocating for them in their professional role, which has been very exciting. Uh, and so that in in myself has just been a great time. You know, when we first started off, I would say my first summer was the summer of 2016. You know, our center was quiet, to be honest. Uh, you know, students themselves didn't know, you know, what our center was and what it did. I, I really think uh, the words like diversity and social justice for incoming students, right, are pretty broad. They don't know exactly what it means fully just yet themselves. And so, um, you know, our center was somewhat quiet as we were still kind of introducing ourselves around campus. But uh, I'm very proud uh, this past fall. You know, it was never quiet in our center. You know, students were always in here hanging out uh, and really seeing this as a space for them and, and a space to, to come and learn and, and, and kind of just be a part of uh, a collective and a community uh, that might have not been here before at Wentworth. And so uh, it's really been great to, to kind of see this success after one year. Uh, this is my second spring, so I feel a little more confident. I think last spring I was still uh, running around trying to figure out things, you know, going on facilitating conference trips for my student organizations, you know, booking tickets and still understanding policy and things of that nature. And so with this being my second spring, I'm, I'm very excited to what we could kind of accomplish. Um, but I mean, I, along with that, I think there's also been some challenges and I think the challenges really come in the place of uh, more so discovering what was done in the past here at uh, our institution and how that might not have been equitable to some of our student populations on campus. And maybe because since it's been something that has happened so many times uh, and for so long, kind of really pushing against uh, maybe the tradition or just the, the comfort people have within some processes. And so uh, that's been different. And I think, you know, sometimes just introducing conversations that weren't there before and making sure those conversations are valued. Uh, I mean, if, if we're introducing conversations of diversity into some areas, that means it, it could mean that diversity wasn't valued before, uh, or just that there weren't individuals in that that maybe committee or you know that um, that session that that had that type of focus or lens. And so I think sometimes we have to push back a little bit against university culture, uh, which could be challenging. Um, you know, asking questions. You know, what? Why aren't there any you know X Y Z students involved, or why do we feel our women aren't involved as much in this program? Um, you know, I'm kind of seeing the heads turn a little bit and then really kind of anticipating, you know, is this next statement from this person going to be a good one or one that's going to brush me away, right? Um, and I think I have that lens a little bit more. Uh, you know, I think Wentworth does a really great job, but I think just having my origins, uh, say, at a school like Louisiana State University, where at times 
there would be a lot more challenges for our students of color, right? And that would be due not to just uh, ignorance, but to racism sometimes. You know, our students had to deal with uh, racism on an everyday basis at that university, uh, just from the outside environment, you know, from from David Duke coming onto campus to maybe a professor at times, or or just maybe events not getting approved. And, and that was the battle I had to face uh, in my role uh, at, from time to time. And, and so coming up to a university that you know created a center of diversity just from proactive conversations, I think I still have that mentality sometimes. And so um, I think for me personally, I'd rather come into that conversation with that mentality, uh, just so I'm prepared for it when it does arise and, and not necessarily be surprised. Uh, I'd rather be surprised that you know people are, are doing their good job and supporting diversity. Uh, just because uh, I feel a lot more prepared to, to combat, you know, kind of the, the bad things uh, that we may experience in our work. So um, that's, that's I, I would say, has been the challenge at times. And um, I think just for two professionals, uh, you know, overseeing an entire university and, and a lot of these initiatives could also be a challenge. And so definitely that question around staffing and, and just being understaffed. And uh, I think for myself, I, I, I come up with these ideas and I then may have to turn them away just because realistically um, I might not be able to have the time uh, and be able to put in the full effort to make sure that idea is successful. And so um, I would love to have a huge staff and be able to, you know, make sure all these ideas come into fruition and, and be successful. But uh, sometimes that can't be the actual reality. And I, so I think that's some of the challenges we face. Like I said before, as a new center, we've come up with a multitude of ideas, but the challenge then comes of figuring out which ideas have to go and move forward and which ones have to maybe wait a year or so or might not happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot there that I think uh, I'm sure resonates with a lot of people. And just like you're saying, like being that advocate and feeling, you know, on your part empowered to do that, but not trying to like antagonize people and, you know, right. like being, yeah. you know, really punitive towards people it's like mm -hmm. yeah you're trying to just help the entire ecosystem be more inclusive and yeah that goes from just like students feeling like they have a place to hang out to you know including things in syllabi making sure there's representation and very prominent right. you know like decision making circles and stuff so it's like yeah there's just all these little details and it's like a it's a tough job but it's an important job and it's just a, a consistent right. one and certainly yeah like you <laughs> said there's like no shortage of things that you could do and the different ways exactly. that you can achieve it so it's just like yeah kind of figuring out I guess like the strategy of Correct. it because it's like okay yeah we could come at this for I mean you know like any number of angles and like yeah just yeah. what what works out best and sort There's of what, so much yeah, yeah like how do you want to deploy do, your resources yeah I do have to say uh, you know we we have received a, a lot of great support uh, here at Wentworth it's it has been very nice being at a university where we do have um, I would say like ninety five percent of support from staff from students right. Uh, and so it's, it's been great in that regard, you know, we'll come up with a new initiative and, you know, we'll have some faculty that I'll be like, sign me up. I want to help out. And so it, it's been great seeing that, uh, it, it was new. It was a surprise for me to see all that support because, you know, sometimes you have to pull strings just to get people to come to a, a session or to an event or to a program. Whereas, uh, we haven't had that issue here just yet, uh, in some regards. So it's been nice. It's a, it's a little flip flop, uh, of what I thought it would be. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I think it's the, like you said, it's positive that a center like that was even created in the first place like all the places don't have a place explicitly sort of you know focusing their attention on it because it's like yeah I mean, it's something that deserves someone's full-time attention not just a sort right. of like a, other duties as assigned or something so then it's like yeah you're you are getting a positive response because i think where obviously a lot of the difficulty of that work comes from is that it could be like you're con it's constantly a battle and i think at the very sure. least it's like yeah sometimes there's difficult conversations that you have to have and maybe you have to have them like repeatedly but at the very least like you said it's like people are receptive and it's just like yeah this kind of ripple outwards to where it's like you know when you first started it's like people didn't even know that you were there but now people do and now people are going to be more aware of you and just kind of continually like kind of influencing the culture and you know that takes time it takes dedication but it's you know it's important work to do and it's good that you know they've got folks like uh like you who you know sort of segueing to my next question like you sort of like you know you're really immersed in this stuff you kind of geek out about it you're very you know kind of uh you know, encouraged to keep at this work. So I guess, right. I don't know if maybe it kind of bleeds in of things that, you know, uh, you've geeked out about for a long time or things that you're getting into now, like if there is sort of like a symbiotic relationship there or whatever, but yeah. I guess just to start out, like what are things, you know, um, other than obviously like your work life that you, like what are things that you geek out about personally and like are they things that you did discover more recently or things that you've like always been into? Yeah, so I think um, for me, I 
the the one thing I would say that I've geeked out on, right? I, I, I feel for me, I get a lot of topics in my mind that I'm like, wow, that is a, a really cool topic. But then I might not really research it as much uh, because I like it just like I said, it, it maybe gets put on the back burner a little bit. But the for the first time I've this past, uh, I would say spring semester in the summer uh, and currently, uh, I've really geeked out over the topic around uh, demographic data and how do we collect that as universities and how does that um, kind of go into the many systems of which we've pulled data from and emails to just uh, you know student information and, and things of that nature. And so um, I'll give you a little more example because it's pretty broad. So uh, we at Wentworth, we pulled our demographic data from uh, the Common App, right? Most universities would use, I would say, a generalized Common App. Um, and when the demographic kind of uh, question comes around, those selections are, I would say, somewhat limiting. Uh, for a student's identity, right? We we only have maybe a few selections of Asian American, Pacific Islander, Black, African American, White, Caucasian, uh, Native American, right? These you know few selections students have might not really encompass their identity, right? Um, and so for me, I saw how that trickled down into our work uh, within the Center for Diversity is when we were doing a lot of targeted programming for our Arabic uh, students on campus that when I were to receive reports of demographic data from the institution, I would be able to see who are our students, right? Uh, who are our uh, black students, right? So we could send out targeted emails of some sort, right? Um, but I could not see who our Arabic students were. Um, and within all of our systems, we did not have any indication if our students were Arabic or Middle Eastern of, of, of that sort, right? Uh, and I started to see a lot of our Arabic students that were involved in our center were actually uh, denoted as white within their demographics, right? And so it really started to turn for me more so from uh, email, right? I, at, at the start, I just wanted to be able to contact these students. But as I really started to geek out on this topic, seeing that we would never be able to see retention, GPAs, uh, semesterly or overall, of our Arabic populations at our university. They're essentially a invisible population. Um, but then I also started to see that our student groups also wouldn't identify with a lot of the things that are uh, kind of offered on the Common App. If you look at our Asian American students, that is a very broad term that when you look at GPAs of, say, um, our Indian students, our Korean students, our Japanese students, our Chinese students, that GPA could be very different, right? But due to the way we collect on the Common App, we group these different populations together into a singular identity which may not be helpful for us when we were looking at things like GPAs and, and whatnot. Um, and so that really got me into how are we gonna collect more detailed demographic data. And so uh, we came up with the paw print. Uh, here at Wentworth, we are the Wentworth Leopards. Uh, and so I thought the paw print was like a fitting term um, for us to have a more extensive demographic questionnaire. Uh, and we were lucky to have support from our orientation office to where uh, this would be something offered during our welcome week that the entire freshman class would fill out um, and take. So some things on this demographic questionnaire, right? And so we have to do, I think, a lot of education around demographics for incoming students. Uh, you know, these students are coming out of high school, and so they may never even thought about, you know, their own personal identity. But what do terms like Latino mean, right? Uh, but also within some of those questions, right, you know, we have... Latino, Spanish, Hispanic, right? And sometimes we group together those questions into one line, but all those are three very different identities, right? And so we saw that some of these demographic questions was actually stripping students of their identity, right? And kind of already might be showing that their university isn't welcoming to their identity. You know, we're just grouping them together, right? And that's kind of, you know, not very empowering. And, and kind of, you know, it, it slights the student. It already kind of, you know, makes our students view the university in kind of a, uh, an up especially if their identity falls under the other category, right? It's, it's not a very empowering selection choice for our students. And so we made sure to really create that more extensive, uh, right? If you identify as Native American, right? Let's, let's have you uh, also list maybe what tribe you're a part of uh, uh, be more kind of empowered within that identity, right? Um, maybe around the Hispanic, Latino, and Spanish question, right? Separating those questions, also having an Arabic designation because seeing that's not necessarily, you know, stuck to one identity, it's more of a geocultural identity as well, right? 
But the biggest piece was we started to research and see that students are now, um, for the most part, identifying with a racial identity, right? This social construct of which we created ourselves, but more of a uh, origin. When a student says they are Chinese, that is a physical place on this earth, right? That is a country, that is a geographical location, right? If a student says they are Haitian, right, that is a geographical location. That's not race. That 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 is an origin. That is where maybe you yourself uh, were born, right? Maybe your family, your grandparents have some sort of ancestral tie uh, to that geographical location. Um, I think it's a very American thing to identify ourselves first as a more of a race category, uh, and that doesn't give consideration to students who identify more uh, on a geographical sense. Uh, so we started to offer this sheet as well a an origin so students can identify as not just asian american uh but identify if they do if um, you know if a student unfortunately gets that question of what are you they're gonna say i am chinese i'm japanese right or uh i'm korean i am russian right and they may identify more than that versus uh, white asian american or black uh, and so we offer that as a secondary way to identify uh because and that would allow us to see where are our subpopulations um, and then maybe what are some of the dynamics of those subpopulations. You know, maybe we do see that our students have great GPAs, but maybe our Lebanese students may not uh, be doing as successful. And so kind of seeing how, hey, how could we support our Lebanese students now, right? Um, you know, we can no longer, I think, move forward as a society with these more broader racial categories because they take away so many different and so many students' different identities uh, that they hold deep, and that's how they represent themselves. And so uh, it's something to where I have trying to, I'm, I'm not researching maybe how pivotal this is. I'm first trying to research if anyone else is doing it. Um, and hopefully this podcast maybe gives someone that's doing it as well. But I have been to a multicultural conference, uh, the Multicultural Institute that NASPA holds. I went to an assessment conference that our region held up here. Um, and I, I didn't see that work being done, even when I try to ask some questions of, you know, to professionals who've been in the field for a long time. Um, I think we, we focus a lot on assessment and surveying student experience, but we kind of keep demographics as the, the same thing that the Common App uses, right? Those same seven or eight racial categories that we have for our students. Um, and so, you know, I've really just, before I dive into it, uh, because personally, I don't want to like get into this work and then like I don't know, drop a blog post or something, and then someone be like, "Ricky, I've been doing this for ten years," something like that, right? Like, um, and so I've been really just making sure this work hasn't been done just yet. Um, and then now I've also kind of expanded all of uh, my work. Right before it was just like making sure we could email students. Now it's really gone into retention uh, and GPAs and things of that nature. But now also just how does uh, systems uh, actually kind of view this as well, right? We use Banner or if it's um, what's what's kind of like, um, like you know, kind of those uh, presence, things of, you know, all these different uh, systems we have in place at universities. Are they able to track demographic data within the system itself, right? I may have all this information, but if I can't put it in the Banner or you know, these, these systems that our uh, universities use, you know, is it even worthwhile to do? And so kind of also seeing now all of these barriers that are in place of now that we have this information, uh, who could use it and who could actually put it into place to good use, right? Um, I think, you know, if, if we see a student of concern, seeing that demographic data is important. Um, uh, but on the flip side, I think this needs to be done very ethically. It needs to be done very carefully. Um, at times, our universities, our students may not trust or just may not want to put their identities out there for their university to see and to use. And so um, we, we, I think, also just need to be really careful to collect this information. It's making sure it's the most uh, comfortable time for a student, that the student is also educated in uh, why are we using this information, why, are we, uh, you know, why do we need this, um, and kind of what do these terms mean? Um, because I think the last thing I want to do is um, make, I, I want students to feel that they are empowered and that they can identify as such, but I also don't want to feel, I uh, want students to feel that we are putting them in a box right when they get into the university um, because some students may not want to identify in that way. 
Uh, and so just making sure we're, we're taking a very ethical approach to this. And so uh, we're treading carefully. Uh, we're being very patient. We are bringing a lot of student perspective uh, into this project and into this initiative um, and, and really continuing the conversation of uh, why this demographic data is important. Uh, and so we've been lucky to have an awesome institutional, institutional advancement office uh, that helps with this. Because uh, be honest, survey building was not my uh, you know, forte. Uh, I never saw assessment as uh, something that I wanted to dive into, but uh, seeing how assessment, right, how this collection of, of data um, relates so much to my work now, uh, I've been really geeking out about it and just really diving into it as much as possible. Um, because this has just been awesome, uh, just to see um, what change we can make with this data, uh, just from a diversity office. Uh, and so that has been something I've geeked out in since like the springtime when I started to discover these things and, and some of these notions uh, with my students. Uh, so all the way now we've, we've collected, um, it, it was pretty funny, Welcome Week maybe encompasses around 900 students. And I think with any, any survey, the expectation sometimes is that students aren't going to fill it out. I think that's an issue we have with a lot of our uh, surveys uh, going across campuses. You know, the, we only get maybe 20 or 30 percent uh, feedback from it, right? Uh, from maybe about 900 students at orientation welcome week, we got about like 800 responses, and so it was more than enough uh, feedback and data that uh, from from the survey. And so we saw that it was successful that students are filling it out. So now we have to kind of revamp it a little bit and some of the questions and, and things of that nature. We saw maybe students didn't really understand what, you know, diversity or origin meant, right? Uh, or geocultural, you know, identities. And so we have to do a little more education around these students because they're essentially they're high school students. Uh, are, you know, they, they may not be thinking in this lens just yet, uh, this racial lens and, and racial category as much uh, as we expect them to. And so we, we've really now seen the success of the survey, and so now we just need to improve it uh, to make sure we see some more success in the data. Uh, and I think for the time being, I'm going to keep searching for individuals who have been doing work around demographic data or even just the lack thereof, uh, because I really want to, um, if, if there isn't anyone doing such, right, really become an expert in this area. That's very cool. Um, so, yeah, I think. Yeah, obviously that's in true geek fashion, like nerd fashion, it's like just such a deep dive into, you know, this seemingly simple thing, but very important thing. And like you said, you can pull a lot from that data that you get in to uh, right. kind of better strategically achieve your goals. So, um, yeah, that's really, uh, really awesome. And uh, yeah, it's just like I said, it's one of the things, you know, it's like surprise yourself of just like, wow, I'm like getting into like, you know, quantitative right. data and survey building and like, you know, how do you ask a question and, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, uh, never thought I would do it. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I never geeked out about numbers or Excel sheets and, and charts and things like that. Luckily, I'll be, uh, I'm saying uh, we have uh, awesome co-op students. And I mean, being in technical school, I mean, you, you have to love numbers to, to be a student here. And so uh, we've been able to have awesome uh, co-op students that uh, geek out and I would say know how to geek out a little better than me. Uh, in this area and so i'm able to just receive the data and kind of the summaries and i'm like oh this is awesome i don't uh because i have no idea how to put together an excel sheet or you know put this data and these ranges and all that that's not my my area of expertise and so uh, it's been great to use also the tools of a, a technical school uh to accomplish some of these uh projects a little bit easier because mm -hmm. uh, it, it wouldn't have happened if it was just me uh in an excel sheet <laughs> it would not have happened yeah um well and I guess on the on the other side, because yeah, that's like obviously positively contributing to you know the work you're doing with students every day, kind of doing that deep dive with you know sort of how you're pulling um, sort of that demographic data and everything. So I guess like what what are you like reading, watching, listening to? Like what are those things that you're consuming? Like the content, and is there anything right. I guess like if you're looking at certain things with a critical lens, or you kind of seek out certain types of content just for your own sort of. Uh, kind of wholeness as a person. Yeah, no, uh, and so I think with uh, working with diversity affairs, you know, and uh, diversity work, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of, you know, content, um, I think on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, the, the work we do. So I think when I came into my professional job, I, I turned to, you know, I started just reading more like, say, fictional books more, right? I was like, all right, I got to maybe take a little bit of a break from, you know, the textbooks. And so I, I've been really just diving into like a ton of science fiction books, um, you know, and shows and things of that nature. Uh, just to 
have it be a, a just an escape um, uh, from the work uh, just for a, a quick second, you know. Uh, and so I just finished up. I reread it because it was so good. I just finished up uh, uh, Seven Eves. It was it was a book about how uh, the moon explodes and just what do we do after that and how do we survive. Uh, that was a, a great book. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just finished that up, and I'm I'm glad that it's uh, going to be to a movie. Um, and so and then I've also started watching uh, The Runaways on Hulu, uh, which has been awesome. Uh, it's been great. Uh, been a great show. You know, kind of being a, a short web series for the most part. Uh, you know the diversity of the the cast, the perspectives involved. Uh, you know, seeing how they changed that that comic book into a TV show was amazing. Um, and I, I think I specifically enjoy um, kind of the the geek and nerd content um, outside of work a little bit because it it loops back into the work I'm doing uh, here at my school. Um, I mean, I would safely say most students at my institution right now uh, are geeks or nerds themselves. You know, uh, there isn't a students aren't you know coding outside in our lobbies or bringing in a drone to program in our center uh, or playing video games or reading comic books uh, themselves and so it's been really great to work at a university where kind of there's tons of geeks tons of nerds just everywhere because uh, I'm able to come in and connect with students based off you know the the Marvel movies that I watch you know that semester or the comic books that I'm reading uh, you know, the Funko, the Funko Pop Dolls that I have in my office, right? You know, it's a way for students to come in and be like, oh, you like Iron Man or, you know, Black Panther or, you know, Storm or things of that. Like, you know, that has been a way for me to connect with students. And so, you know, it's kind of more of a fun hobby for me on the side, but it's it's really paid off a little bit. You know, um, I'm glad I played all of those hours of uh, League of Legends because uh, I'm now advising the League of Legends club on our campus, right? And so <laughs> it's been a way to connect with students, which... Uh, I didn't think of such before, you know, more of these hobbies uh, that I had were more just uh, personal things uh, that I uh, would do in my life before. But when I started working here at Wentworth, I saw just uh, kind of how I could kind of tie it into my work. And uh, we did with uh, we, we started a Geek Week, Dustin, which was really cool. It was, you know, a, a week of just geeky events and topics that also included the conversations around diversity. And so uh, I don't have any articles or things that I'm currently reading, but I would say I'm always researching just what topics around diversity are occurring within video games and comic books and movies, uh, because I think that could be very powerful for our students here who are kind of in both worlds, who are nerds and geeks themselves, who are uh, big fans of comic books, right? And so when they see Riri Williams as, uh, you know, the first African-American woman, um, Iron Man, that's huge. And so that's something our center promotes because we know it will uh, kind of be profound to our students, right? Uh, You know, seeing the diversity of some movies that are coming out, right? Uh, Seeing diversity within video games and and things of that nature that are coming out. Uh, You know, those are things that we promote in our center because we know it resonates with our students. Uh, You know, our Geek Week was was a lot of fun. We talked about, you know, how are women represented in video games? Uh, How are LGBTQ identities represented uh, in video games, right? Um, and then also we, we, we had, you know, things like video game championships or virtual reality, right, uh, you know, labs and stuff. So things like that have been uh, an exciting feature of my life in terms of what I'm reading. Uh, you know, in terms of comic books, I just uh, got done with the Ultimates run, which I think were really good. Um, that's been a, a great storyline to read. I've been mostly reading a lot of Marvel uh, comics uh, on my spare time. Uh, you know, I on a budget, so I had to kind of shorten down the pull list to just like, Iron Man, Black Panther, um, and then uh, I'm also watching some uh, some Image comics, and so uh, like Invincible, which is ending soon, uh, and things of that nature. And so, you know, like having to keep the comics on a little bit of a down low, uh, but more so, you know, still being up to date with the culture a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's like, yeah, I mean, nowadays it's just like is also like digital comics or whatever. It's like if you right. want to like go back and read the entire run of any comic, you're like it's there. So yeah, it's like yeah. put so much pressure on. So it's like oh, I gotta have this huge like pull list. It's like I mean, you'll be able to read it if you want to. Like yeah, there's certain things. It's like okay, let me like really streamline into the things that I really want to keep up right. with week to week. And uh, yeah, actually, I need to watch the season finale of Runaways. Uh, 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 I was so disappointed, not in the episode, but I didn't know it was the season finale. Like when I, <laughs> when I, you know, clicked on the the links for the episode, right? Nothing ever told me this was the season finale. All I saw was just episode ten, and I was like, 
and and then I looked, you know, at the end of every series, I always look at like the preview for the next episode, and uh, there wasn't any. I was like, what? And then I saw like season two will come out soon, and I was like, oh man, I kind of, you know. So <laughs> yeah. it was good. I I appreciated it, and then uh, I've been I've been somewhat interested in Marvel's Agents of Shield, uh, and kind of this this like stuck in space storyline that they got going on. Uh, it's it's been somewhat interesting. So. Uh, that has also been something I've been keeping up to date with, with uh, watching TV shows. Uh, and then I would say uh, maybe some Westworld. I mean, I know the season one ended a, a good while back, but uh, that was a, a really fun uh, series to kind of geek out over a little bit. So um, I'm going to start rewatching it because I'm hoping that season two is coming out pretty soon uh, or in the near future. So Yeah, I think it should be. Um... Yeah, interesting. Yeah, all good stuff. We'll link out to stuff in the show notes. And yeah, I guess if you have anything um, just to share about the, the Geek Weeks, it really always warms my heart seeing folks uh, doing cool stuff like that. Because that, that was like a huge yeah. thing for me, like affirming like when we did Rutgers Geek Week for a couple yeah. of years. And just like, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is like, this is my stuff. This is my jam, you know. Right. Um, and really just awesome. continuing to kind of carry on that mantle and celebrating like, because it's like, yeah, I think some people, yeah, it's like some people really identify and kind of take that title seriously like that's just kind of part of their personality mm -hmm. and other people you know like we all geek out about something but some people just like that is just who they are they just have that personality and they really celebrate that part of themselves and kind of connect right. with people about it so it's like having a week where it's just like yeah like those things of pop culture that we really like and technology and um you know just having kind of like serious discussions about our like you know entertainment and that kind of stuff like, yeah I, always gonna joke that way it's like i take my entertainment very seriously like i'm always gonna like kind of critique it and just like look at it through yep. a certain lens and just like yeah so um yeah it's really cool that you're able to do something like that on your uh your yeah, campus there well, um, it's uh it's it was funny because you know having a geek week you know you would think like all right comic books pop culture movies things of that nature but being at a tech school like there are some top tier geeks like we could you know i'm like all right we'll do a program around comic books but then for next year i'm like we could do like a like a hackathon, mm -hmm. create a program that does X, Y, and Z, right? Or uh, I was even, you know, considering um, kind of live action uh, quests and, and things of that sort. Like, you know, maybe you scan a QR code and then it brings you to a website, and within the script of the website, there's another clue that takes you to this, right? Like, I think at a tech school, we could get really intense because these students, you know, they the the way they understand numbers and programs and things like that. Uh, is is vast and so I could geek out and make a geek week that involves things like that here at this school and and so for me I was like that's that's really serious uh, and and I kind of don't understand half of this stuff so uh, it was also a challenge because I'm like I'm not a geek in what you're a geek of I'm a geek of just like comic books or video games and things like that so uh, it, it really also changed my view of you know what I thought was a geek and and a nerd I mean we even had a geeks versus nerd debate because you know uh, those two terms kind of are thrown around uh, in the same, uh, you know, same sentence sometimes when really they could be mean different things. Like our students, some identified as a nerd and some identified as a geek. You know, I had students coming up being like, why isn't there a nerd week, Ricky? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I thought it was all the same, but I guess it's different. Uh, you know, so uh, we had some fun conversations around that too. But just the, it was very surprising how easy it was to include diversity within a lot of these geeky topics. Um, and I think, I guess it was also empowering for our office to let people know that these are some of the programs that we could do. You know, people don't have to expect us to always do diversity programs, right? Or, you know, social justice programs in that regard. Sometimes, you know, our students want to identify and express themselves through these geeky avenues um, who are students from diverse backgrounds and identities. And so I think, not that it wasn't taken seriously, but that a fun and simple concept like a geek week could actually be really impactful uh, and be a really strong week of programs for our students. And so I think we had to face kind of also, you know, just kind of the stereotype of being a, a geek or a nerd and how that's kind of maybe brushed aside sometimes um, to really seeing like, hey, this week was really good, you know, and it's something that could keep improving and being successful for students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool. Um, I guess then just to uh, wrap up this episode, we'll end as we always do. Um, just anything kind of optimistically, anything that you're looking forward to in your job, in your life, in the world, um, anything, yeah, that's just got you kind of looking forward to the future and excited. Yeah, so uh, I think the one thing I am looking forward to is our, um, I would say more so our end of the semester, 
Um, we, we we're starting to do things like recognitions within our office, and uh, this semester is our first semester of having our Wentworth uh, Women's Council. Um, and so with that is just so much possibility of what could what could be done. And so I'm just looking forward to honestly um, a second spring semester to where I feel a lot more confident, uh, professional, uh, especially here in my institution where I know somewhat most of the ins and outs now. Uh, it's looking to be successful uh, this semester, you know, not having that learning curve like I did. And I think also enjoying winter, Dustin, that's not, you know, that might seem like a simple thing, but for me being south, like moving up here in New England, just having a huge snowstorm just like a week and a half ago, uh, it was rough. Uh, you know, I know I've already been through one winter, but um, I think this one I'm a little more prepared. I actually have like a warm coat, right? You know, mm -hmm. with gloves and hats and scarves and things like that before I really, I had like a North Face jacket that was like more of a, you know, a Florida North Face jacket. Like it didn't keep me warm at all. So I think I'm looking forward to like, finally enjoying wintertime and not being freezing cold all the time. Uh, and so those two things, uh, you know, just being successful this semester and uh, just kind of experiencing the my second winter up here uh, as, a, as a resident of New England and Massachusetts. Uh, I think those are the things I see on the horizon that uh, excites me the most. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's definitely the difference, like, in New England. Like, there's there's cool parts of, of the seasonality, you know, versus just, right. like, thinking, like, oh, like, winter, hibernation. Like, I'm not going to do anything. Yes. It's like, no, there's cool stuff to do in the winter, too. Yeah, that's how like, I was embrace it. Yeah, get that now, warm coat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm finally embracing it. And, I mean, along with this, uh, this year, I'll be honest, uh, in terms of geeky things, we have a lot of awesome movies coming out, uh, anywhere from uh, Black Panther to – uh avengers to is is deadpool 2 coming out this year yeah, um yeah, I think, yeah so okay. you know just a plethora of of some good movies coming out that uh, i'm excited for so uh we just bought uh some tickets for our students because uh in our black history month we're going to go see black uh, panther so we just bought a bunch of tickets for students and i'm just excited for how successful that movie is going to be uh so I can't wait. I can't wait for February. Yeah, that's my ho my hope is that like Black Panther is the Wonder Woman of 2018. You know, like it's just this yeah. movie where everybody's like, "All right, cool." Like you know, yeah, it's like a, a pl like a pleasant surprise. Like I think there is there's a lot of good hype going into it. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, just kind of mixing things up a little bit of just not your typical sort of leading person and just like a very diverse cast and just like it's a it's a refreshing yeah like kind of uh, uh, setting and. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for it too. Yeah, it's something that's like, oh, it's like a month away. Like we're getting really close. So. Right. No, uh, I, I, I was, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised at how close it's gonna probably come up, and I feel like next week I'm gonna go see it in theaters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, um, yeah, we will end it there. Really appreciate your time, Ricky, and uh, yeah. all the good stuff that you shared, and uh, yeah, just have a, a good rest of your day and a good weekend coming up here. Yeah, to you too. Thank you so much for for having me. This was a, a cool experience. I appreciate uh, kind of the effort and to. And, and kind of making sure we had a good time to, to schedule out for this podcast. I appreciate you. This podcast is a proud member of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices and thoughtful discussions to the higher ed community. Check us out online at connectedu.network or find us on Twitter at connectedupod. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.